Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Seriously, happy Mother's Day to all the other moms who are remarkable in their own right. And I loved that video of all the different kind of moms that are here today. And one of the moms I just want to say an extra thank you to are grandmothers who never planned on finding themselves in the season they're in, because I know how hard it is and how tired we get. I can't imagine now being a grandmother raising children. Y'all are heroes. Y'all are heroes. Happy Mother's Day, especially to y'all. Oh, this mom thing. Lord, can I just speak to y'all like a mama today? Like I'm not Miss Michelle. I'm not up on this platform. Let's just say we were having coffee or something, right? I'm gonna speak to y'all like a mom. So Pastor Casanova and I, like he said, we got married and we decide we're gonna start our precious family and we have our first child. And our first child, Jacob Jr., who was honestly the perfect child. Actually, I didn't say this in the last service, but I I called him and I said, two weeks ago, I said, hey, I'm preparing my message. Like, do you remember any like mom fails like I could use in my illustration? He goes, like, how many do you need? (laughs) I'm like, stop. He goes, I have a great idea. He lives in Nashville. He goes, why don't you just FaceTime me when you get up there and like throw me up on the screen. I could tell some stories. I'm like, heck no. So then he finally videos me back the most endearing thing a week later. And he goes, the greatest mom fail I can think of is that you chose to have children after me because you and I both know why. (laughs) So Jacob was that perfect child, right? His name is Jacob, named after his dad. I did not know this at the time, but the name Jacob means deceiver. And deceiver he was because moms, you know, when you have a great child that sleeps great and obeys and just delightful, what do you want to do? have another child. Thank you. So we chose to have our second child, Christian. And how many of y'all know Christian? Okay. Well, there you go. So Christian was such a huge blessing. Like he was that blessing, like all day he was a blessing. And then all night he would be a blessing and all day and all night, like the first year, the second year, up to six years old. when we finally got him into the care, the professional care of the women at Westminster Christian Academy. So we chose to wait to have our third child four years after Christian was born. And then we had Joseph. How many of y'all have ever heard me speak before? Okay, so there's a bunch of y'all that have. So let me just tell you about my family. So then we had Joseph, who if you know him, you love him. Joseph is a pastor here on staff. He'll actually be doing the services next week. So he will roast me like I get to roast him, which will be really fun, right? And then after Joseph, we had Wesley Ravenhill, just a tender, precious child. He and Joseph were little bosom buddies. And then following up the pack, our fifth child, we had strongman Haddon. And if you know Haddon, if you're young, he was eligible. Now he's not. But you would call him handsome Haddon. He's just a good-looking, strong boy, right? So my story is I'm 20. I'm having my first child. And they're like, Mrs. Aranza, it's a boy. Mrs. Aranza, congratulate! it's a boy. Oh my gosh, surprise, it's a boy. You're never gonna believe, it's a boy. <laughs> Mrs. Aranza, what do you think it is? 
it's a boy. I'm like, is this a sick joke? I mean, I love my boys, but let me tell you, five boys, you can get a little testosterone overload in the bunch, right? They're boys. It's exhausting. So we think we're finished with our family, and I'm a fifth child. My husband's a fifth child. Haddon was the fifth child, so we thought he was going to be Anna Maria. We're finished with our family, and one day I'm serving at our church, and I'm front and center doing the altar call, which I don't often do, and people were coming up for prayer, and like four people back, this mom is walking in with this little four-year-old girl, little ragamuffin, adorable child, and the mom walked up to me. I'm like, what, what can I pray with you about? And she goes, I, I can't do this. And I'm like, pardon me? Like, can't do what? And she points to this little girl and she goes, I can't do this. I wish I would have brought her to church when she was born and given her to you and Pastor Jacob. I'm not just going to give her to anybody. Would would y'all please take Amberly? Is that a trick question? You're going to bring that cute little thing up here, a mom of five boys, and say, would you please take that child? Heck yeah, I'm going to take her. Every which way I'm going to take her. And take her we have. Amberly Grace Saranza, I wish she was here this morning, but she's serving at my second son's church in Tomball, Texas. She is the delight of our life and the icing on the cake. And I'm not saying this because I'm up here and it's Mother's Day. If you know Amberly, you know what I'm saying is true. Thank you. She was brought to us because a godly mom planted herself in the house and made way for her daughter who had lost her way, who knew when push came to shove where to go to to help for help. The Bible says this, that the house of God is a strong tower that people run into to find safety. That's how we got Amberly Grace. So people often ask me, often young moms will go, Mrs. Aranza, like what's it like to have, you know, it's like, I guess storybook to them. What's it like to have a family of six children? And I'm like, I'll be honest with you. Have you ever gone to a pet store and you go in the back, like where there's the aquariums and they have all those little sucker fish that like stick to the side? That's what it's like. Like when one doesn't need you, the other one does. And it's not just little children because now I have grown children. Our oldest is 38. Our youngest is 20. They need me more today than they did when they were little. How many grown mothers do we have that could testify to that? Because now they're raising children. And guess who their greatest resource is? So yesterday, I just want to share with y'all, we celebrate Mother's Day on Saturday because we work on Sunday. You know when your children are little and they sit on your bed and they bring you all those precious, precious homemade cards and you're just like, well, my grown children sit on my bed and they say all these words of kindness to me. And one of them wrote a poem for me yesterday. I'm just literally like, it's, it's more precious because they're adults. They don't have to do that. Don't grow weary and well-doing, mom. Your time's coming. So this mom job, it is our divine assignment in life. It's a lifetime assignment, right? Because you know when you get that baby and they cut the cord, it's not really cut. Because you, they're with you for life. My 38-year-old child in Nashville, if he's having a bad day, I know about it. But you see, it's like we're part of this underground movement. We're like this mom underground mob. Nobody really knows what we do. It seems like everything we do is sight unseen, which is hard in today's day and age where everything is all over social media, everything's so visible. But we know what we do. 
the hard days, it's completely unseen, right? But I want to share with you, it is not unseen because for the audience of one who keeps record of everything, he sees it all. Your acts of service are not labors in vain. He sees it all. And I pulled a scripture for you just to illustrate the heart of God, what he thinks about our service. And it's Luke 9, 46 through 48. The disciples began arguing. So these are Jesus's top guys, right? His top 12. And they're arguing, they're preoccupied over who was going to be the greatest among them. Fully aware of their thoughts, Jesus looks over and motions to some young children to come to his side. And then he said to his disciples, those who tenderly care for these little ones on my behalf are tenderly caring for me. These are honoring my father who sent me. Every act of service that seems unseen is an act of worship. Whether you realize you're doing it under the Lord or not, you are doing it under the Lord because it's an act of service. See, as a young mom, there was the way that I parented. I mean, y'all, I was a full-time mom. I didn't play Pocino. I kind of wish I played Pocino, right? I wasn't on the tennis club. I didn't have time or energy or money. So I was just a full-time mom doing my best. But there was like the way I parented, and then there were all those other perfect moms. And I mean this to be true, and I knew it. I knew it was true because we had Instagram, right? So it's like, oh my gosh. You're at home with five boys wiping butts, beating children, right? And you're, oh my gosh. Johnny is the captain of his football team again. Like, yay, Johnny. Oh. You're never gonna believe it. Johnny made honor roll again. Who would have ever thought? Everyone. Could you post everything all the time? Thank you, Instagram. One of my greatest things that I'm grateful for in life is that they did not have Instagram when I was a teenager. Hallelujah, Jesus. But moms, I want to caution you that when you compare your inside reality to their outside perfections, you are going to come up short every single time. And I want to share this with you. You know, when I, when I was growing up, I lived in community. People lived that way. You know, your aunt and uncle lived down the street. Your grandparents lived next door. Your cousins lived one street over. And it was called familial parenting. So you parented with families. How many of y'all, y'all might still be living like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Right. And so when you parent familial, your family loves you. They want you to win. It's like one for all and all for one. So when you mess up, your mama goes, baby, that's not a big deal. That happened to me. Let me tell you what to do. Your mama goes, oh, baby, you got that. But today, people don't parent familial. They parent comparatively. And it's not good. And I want to, as a gift to me on Mother's Day, I want to seize this moment to take back the word influencer. Because when I say influencer, I know where your minds just go. You go to social media, right? All the influencers that go real, real high, and then they drop real, real low, right? It's not sustainable. There was a poet in the 18th century, and it's a poem that he wrote that some of you will be familiar with. I pray you pull it up when you get home and read it in entirety. But his name was William Ross Wallace. He wrote this poem in the 1800s about a woman of influence, and this is what he wrote in short. 
Women, woman, how divine your mission here upon this sod. Keep those young hearts open always to the breath of God. All true trophies through the ages are from a mother's heart imperiled. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. You are, if you're a mom in this room, you are a woman of influence. How is it that 13 and 14 year olds are posting silly pics on Instagram, making money off of it, while moms who are real influencers are at home wasting their time scrolling through watching? I pray you wield your influence wisely. Do not squander that. That was given you by God. And I encourage you to be a rise up mom, that mom who takes her rightful place. See, I was of the mindset that I want to raise like these perfect children. You know, you just want to get it right. They're children. It's a big deal, right? And imagine how amazed and surprised I was when I realized that we were not raising superhumans. We were just raising humans. And humans make mistakes. And pastors' children who are humans make mistakes mistakes. And if you read your Bible, you realize God didn't create superhumans. God created humans. Moses messed up. Abraham messed up. Joseph messed up. Joshua messed up. And a lot of them messed up royally. We're not raising superhumans. We're raising humans created in the image of God. And God marks them for greatness. And we get to steward them until we pass them off to him. So I want to share with you just because because I can, remember? I'm having coffee with you. It's just us, right? I wouldn't say this publicly, of course. But I'm going to share with you one of my mom fails. One of my true mom fails. So I'm, you know, kind of the June Cleaver chick because I'm just kind of according to my home with six children, right? You cook every day, you set the table, you clean house, you garden. So he's out of town sipping lattes in California preaching the gospel with somebody. I don't know where. And I'm at home and this one day... My second child, my great blessing, once again found my last nerve. See, we all have a last nerve. Y'all are all looking adorable today, mama, but you're not kidding me. Every mama has a last nerve. Well, he found that last nerve, and they're all seated at the dinner table, and he's provoking the heck out of somebody. And I lean over, and I literally say this, Christian Aranza, you aggravate the H-E double hockey sticks out of me. Except I didn't say H-E, thank you, ma'am, uh-huh. to give myself a hand. Yeah, I didn't say H-E double hockey sticks, right? And the second it came out of my mouth, I look at the table, they're all seated, and they're like. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. I did not, because this is a therapy moment waiting to happen. And I'm going to have to pick up the tab. And see, Christian, Christian made sure the coach knew, his teacher knew, his grandmother knew. Okay, he's 36 years old. There's times he'll still call me and go, remember that time you cussed at me in front of the whole family? I'm like, it's in the Bible. Whatever. They can't remember their homework. They forget to clean their room. But mama, you make one mistake. Oh, they, that's an elephant memory. They chart that one. And I beat myself up. I really did. For weeks, called Pastor Jacob. I, I was embarrassed of myself. We all have our issues. I have other issues. Cussing is not one of them. You can share your issues whenever you want. But 
About three weeks later, when I'm still beating myself up because people are telling me at school how, you know, Christian said I cussed, I was in my house doing stuff that I do, and I really felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, Michelle, a bad moment does not make a bad mom. A bad moment doesn't make a bad mom. Because we all have bad moments because we're not superhumans, right? Moms, if you added up all of my acts of service to these precious children, I am way ahead of the game. You are way ahead of the game on your worst day. Do not be so hard on yourself. Thank God I did not kill that child. Because we really did not know if he was gonna end up in prison or the pulpit. And that's not an exaggeration, but I want to put up a picture of Christian and his precious family. So this is Pastor Christian Aranza, wouldn't you know it? His precious wife and my three adorable grandchildren. Christian um, now has the weight of the world on him. It's beautiful. I love it. So he calls me for advice often, but he called me one day a while back and big man, you know, he calls me mama. I'm like, yes. Mama, what are you doing? I'm, I don't know, paying bills, cooking. What do mamas do, okay? And he goes, I'm just telling you, my God, how did you do this six times? You are my hero. Like, could you say that one more time? No, I'm serious. Okay, now we all know what I'm gonna say is a joke, so nobody, we're all adults, right? He goes, I'm serious. He goes, remember that time like 10 years ago, you and I were watching the news and that crazy chick put all her family in the car and drove off a bridge? Like who would do that? He goes, I'm gonna be dog honest. He said, I drive around Houston sometimes and I go, there's gotta be a bridge around here somewhere. (laughs) That is just one of the hundreds of stories I could tell you. Mama, I was raising a world changer. He is strong. If you have a child that's that strong child, I call that leadership. Do not lose sight of the strength in that child. That's survival skills. My grandson got kicked out of our mother. He's a year and a half. He got kicked out of our Mother's Day Out program after biting children three times in a row and stealing their lunches. And my daughter-in-law, who's like a daughter to me, we're in New Orleans when they called to tell her that he's being banished for a couple of weeks till we can get him right. And, and the, the walk of shame, he's sitting on the foyer sofa like, and she's literally crying like, oh my God. like she, she's an incredible mom, right? She goes, he's stealing food from children. I'm like, I call that survival skills. Pa- it's true, right? Pack him more food. I don't know what to say. Do not beat yourself up. We all have our stories. So mom, there's a few things I'm going to share with you today. When my children were little, I needed God to help me raise them. I get up every morning and we have like these plantation shutters that you open. And when I open and the sun comes through, I cannot help myself but think this is just my wiring. The mercies of God are fresh every morning. That's a passage. So whatever happened to your yesterday that you cannot remedy, leave it in yesterday. Remind yourself that every day starts fresh. His mercies are new every morning. And I wrote this passage for you. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 reminds us that his grace is sufficient in our weakness. In our shortcomings, he promises to be strong. Y'all, he knew we would be weak. He knew we would have shortcomings. That's why he put this in there. 
And I want to share this with you personally. You know, I've been through a lot of grief counseling and a lot of inner healing. And one of the things that I've learned along the way, and this is true, is that my spirit is older than I am. And my spirit is wiser than I am because my spirit is the place that Jesus dwells. So it's not all here, right? Don't rely on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, right? When I calm myself, I open those shutters, I get my coffee and I sit in my chair. Y'all, I might have five minutes or I might have 30 minutes, but I literally had asked the Lord when they were little, give me the mind of Christ to raise these children because my ability and my knowledge is very limited, but his is limitless. It's like I plugged into the source. James 1.5 reminds us that if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to everyone without finding fault. You are going to lack wisdom. Your, your peer group is no smarter than you. Like, who are we kidding? Your peer group's no smarter than you. If anyone lacks wisdom, ask of the Lord who gives liberally. You know, when I was raising the children, this book came out called The Baby Wise Book. How many of y'all have read or you're familiar with The Baby Wise Book? Okay, see, this cracks me up. Even three years ago, most hands went up. Today, very few hands go up because things come and things go. But the word of God never changes. Remember that, mom. In The Baby Wise Book, you had your baby and then they would hand you the book. Like, this is the little manual. You gotta read this in order to raise this child. It just never really worked for me. Like my kids did not fit the bill. And I think if I could have lunch with one person in history, you might say, oh, I'd love to enjoy Mother Teresa a moment with her or Billy Graham. And I'm like, no, I want to talk to the baby wise chick. And I'm going to go like, why? Why did you trouble a whole generation? Because if you're a mom in here, you know what I'm saying is true. There is a mom mob. There is a mom mob. Okay. Oh, you only use cloth diapers. No, you never use cloth diapers because cloth diapers can hold bacteria and then your child could become ill. Oh no, you only put your baby on their stomach to sleep. Oh my God, you put your baby on their stomach to sleep, they could suffocate. No, you only put your baby on the back to sleep. I mean, you're just like, how do, who, who knows? What did our grandparents do? Seriously, what did, they didn't have the book, right? My favorite is this, oh no, you have to be careful with your children's education. Make sure you save up all that money to put them in private school. Private school, oh no, that's not good enough for my child. You only homeschool. And I just wanna say real clear today, for all the homeschool moms in here. I did it for five days. And he knows what I'm telling you is truth. I am so blonde. He, for like a year, kept saying, baby, I have a deep conviction. We need to homeschool these children. I'm like, I don't want to homeschool these children. I want those children at Westminster, okay? If I can keep my sanity. Well, I finally concede, and he is on a plane to somewhere. And I'm at home with these children. And we have a long table. And you have Christian, the big blessing at this end. And you have precious Joseph, who had a learning difference on this end. And I'm like running, checking this paper and... Baby on the hip, right? And they're doing like spitballs at each other. I'm like, what am I, who am I kidding? I'm not a teacher. This is like above my pay grade. So I go to them and I go, little children, it's recess, go play. <laughs> and we had a corded phone and I go in my pantry and I go, 
baby, let me tell you something. I have no clue where these children are going to be at school come Monday morning, but I can tell you where they will not be at school. 105 Clement Street. And back to Westminster Christian Academy, they went. True story. Okay, so we need God to raise them. Point two, mom, we trust God to keep them. Deuteronomy 31.8, and I'm giving you these passages because I want to just remind you, all these are treasured principles in the word of God. They're unchanging. The Lord himself goes before you and your children. He will be with you and your children. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. I know he put, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged because in parenting, there are so many times it seems so fearful and so discouraging. And I know this firsthand, but I want to share with you, mom, your children will have many coaches. They will have many teachers. They will have many friends. God assigns them one mom. And I fully believe that when they're going through their hard time and everybody else has labeled them held them at bay. Our mom job is to remind them, you made a mistake. You are not a mistake. You made a mistake. You are not a mistake. Psalms 46, one reminds us that God is our refuge and our strength. He is my ever present help in my time of need. It's all there y'all. I believe for the woman who is a Christian that that women's intuition thing, it's actually a God intuition. Like you just know, you just know, and you have a deep conviction. Listen to that because God assigned that child to you to steward. I've learned through great pain not to allow my identity to hang on the fragile choices of my children. Because see, if you place your hope there and your identity there, when they're doing bad, they drug you down with them. And when they're doing really good, they drug you up there with them. And they may be on a pedestal today, but a pedestal is a very fragile place. No one lives on a pedestal and no one lives down here, right? We don't hang our hopes there. Moms, we stay here because they always know where to come back to. You are the constant in their life. That is your divine assignment. My job is to be obedient to God and his job is everything else. For each one of our children, when they graduated, Pastor Jacob and I prayed. And it was very scary because you're turning this 18-year-old boy out into real life. And we literally held it like it was a baton. And we said, Lord, we have done our dead level best. And now we're passing that baton to you. And they're going places we'll never see and doing things we'll never know. We're passing that baton to you and you're not gonna drop them. And the Lord has been faithful. The Lord has not dropped these children. The Lifetime Achievement Award goes to you, mom. And I mean that, I don't say that light. You know, and when you think of who are the heroes in your family, when I think of my family, I think of my grandmother and I think of my mother. It's not that they were super giants. It's that they just served and then they served, and then they served. And they were always there. And what does Jesus say? Who is the greatest? Those who are the least. Who is the greatest? Those who serve. Mom, every act of service, do not grow weary in well-doing. It's all serving a purpose, whether you can see it clearly now or not. 
The purpose of parenting, you might say, what is the purpose? We're sending lights into a very dark, how, do how many of you know the world is getting darker and darker? And we're raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord to send out his lights to a generation of people that we'll never see and will never influence. But the word of God is so instilled in them that they will shine brightly for Jesus. And this passage I want to share with you, Luke 8, 16, no one lights a lamp and then hides it, placing it where no one will see it. Lamps are made to be placed on lampstands so that others will benefit from their brightness. I'm sending lights into a very dark world. We have four children in ministry. I don't even know how that happened. I'm being serious because you have to remember, I know the worst and I know the best. It's all by God's grace. Somehow it all comes out in the wash. Remember your mama used to tell you that? And I want to encourage, in closing, there's just a few things I want to say. I want to encourage when I was preparing for this message and I just thinking how grateful I am that the Lord blessed me with all these children. I had the ability to have children. I have an older sister who couldn't have children and a younger sister who couldn't have children. There's only three girls in our family. I, I could have had 10. But I think of the woman who's in here or maybe within the sound of my voice and your deepest desire is to have a child and you've been waiting and you've been waiting. Or I think of the parent whose child is an adult child and very far away from the Lord and you've been waiting and you've been waiting. And I wanna tell you, it's the same ache. It's the same ache. And there is a passage that the Lord brought me to that I pray encourages you today. And it's Micah 7, 7. He reminds us that as for us, oh, I'm sorry. As for me, I will look to the Lord. He is where my help comes from. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear my cry. That's your passage. There's wealthy people who spend tons of money that never can have children. You look to God, that is where your help comes from. And whatever your story looks like, I don't know what it's gonna look like, only he does, because he's numbered your days so well. In closing, I'm gonna say this. Our, our fourth child, today when I was worshiping, preparing to speak to y'all. I'm not a speaker by nature, even though English is my primary language, okay? And I'm just worshiping and I'm thinking of the passage that says that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and they're cheering us on and they're saying, don't grow weary, don't give up. That great cloud of witnesses is not just biblical characters. That's family members that have gone before you. They are that great cloud of witnesses. And our fourth son, Wesley Ravenhill, who was 20 when he went to be home with the Lord. And in a tragic accident, a doctor was texting and ran over him and it took years. I did, literally didn't think that I was gonna ever come out of that. But by God's grace, by the prayers of so many in this room, by not giving up, if you don't quit, you win. If you just don't quit, you win. Healing really has come to my heart. In the sweetest moment as I worshiped and I just thought, Wesley Ravenhill is cheering me on. Wesley Ravenhill is cheering me on. Mom, I don't know what your story is. I don't know if you're in a great season or a hard season. 
but I know this season's changed. If you're in a great season, enjoy every bit of it. If you're in a hard season, do not grow weary in well-doing. And I have, I have three theme passages in my life, and this one I'm gonna share with you seems self-serving, but that's not why I'm saying it. I'm saying it because I've lived it. We pastor these churches, we don't own these churches. We come here like you come here. I come here discouraged on days and I get encouraged when worship starts. Those, the passage says this, those who are planted in the house of God flourish. You stay planted in your good season, you're strong. People will be on your radar that you can help. It gives you purpose. But in your hard season that you never expected to come, you're on the radar of other people who can encourage you and love on you and cook for you and write you letters and hold you up when you're too weary to hold yourself up. It's called the beautiful body of Christ. So moms, I pray that today has been encouraging to you. A little bit that I shared with you, I pray resonated that even if there's one thing that you take from today, that you leave here and when you put your head on your pillow tonight, that you just thank the Lord that today you were seen. Today, you're seen. I bless you. I'm gonna pray a prayer over you as we close. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every woman in the sound of my voice, whether at the Lafayette Correctional Center or in this room. Lord, I thank you for these women. I thank you that they are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I thank you that you bless them with a title called mom. What an honor. I pray your peace goes with them today, that your strength undergirds them and that they walk out of here with fresh grace that is always sufficient. Bless them, I pray, in the name of the Father, your Son, Jesus, and the all-abiding Holy Spirit. I enjoyed our time together, ladies. God bless y'all and happy Mother's Day.